Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ABZ Show with me, your host, Abe. Today, we have a very special guest. Hi, Rami. How are you? Hi, Abe. How's it going? Great, great. So, Rami, please tell my audience what you do and more of what you're going to tell us about today. Sure. So, uh, I started off as a lawyer. Um, graduated uh, from Lebanon, went to New York, uh, specialized in financial services law, uh, worked for a downtown law firm called Cadwallader, Wickersham and Taft. Uh, we serviced Goldman Sachs, um, came back to the region to uh, start uh, actually a startup law firm. So we started uh, catering for startups, uh, just uh, trying to advise them on the way moving forward. That was back in 2014, uh, especially a lot of ecosystems in, in the region were kind of growing, especially the Lebanese ecosystem uh, with Circular 331 that was just be, had, had been enacted. Uh, so we were at the forefront. Uh, uh, we were able to pierce into the kind of legal industry market because uh, major law firms did not see the potential in startups at the time. Uh, then in 2000, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, launched, uh, co-launched actually, co-founded my uh, startup called Lexium.com, uh, where we provide automated legal services to startups. Um, we work on uh, contract generation. We have a dashboard where um, uh, startups can, can store their documents and, and, and manage their documents and have access to legal advice. Uh, working on a lot of exciting technology uh, recently, and uh, and yeah, and uh, since then I've been like really active in the in the ecosystem, uh, especially uh, in in our area in our region of the world. Really excited to be helping uh, startups, trying to uh, uh, kind of be there for certain like early stage startups and founders. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's uh, that's kind of uh, what I do. I'm passionate about finance as well that's that's another layer that's something you don't hear a lot of people say by the way i'm passionate about yeah I, I i've been trading since like i was 14 i mean it's wow. it's something that's that that i really enjoy uh recently i've not been a lot into into trading because of the the hustle of work and and just and having to uh to really keep growing but yeah but that's that's another passion been following up on the the crypto trend recently as well Okay, cool. And I, I know we've met because we uh, we I started boot camp as invested in actual Lexium. We thought you guys had a, a yeah very cool product, and you were building something that is very thank well you so much to the ecosystem. So um, I'm a genuine big fan uh, of the platform as well. And I Thanks. think something that um, when we are doing uh, when I usually talk to a lot of startups, um, people always ignore finance and ignore the legal part. And you know what? Um, I think uh, a year in my life, my best friend was a lawyer because uh, of, uh, you know, trying to get what I earned or get what I was entitled to. Right. So uh, yeah, that's true. tell me about it. So, uh, I think. But tell me more about, you know, your those, you know, like the journey with Lexium. You know, I know well, the thing is, it was it's not easy. It was not easy. It's still not easy. Um Listen, the problem, I think the problem, if we're honest, I want to start with, with the problem, um, then moving towards like the good things. Uh, the problem is that uh, we live in a society that's very judgmental and that's very pressuring when it comes to 
criteria of success. So um, when you look at like launching a startup, if you, uh, if you want to start an idea, you are pressured by a lot of people around you to kind of deliver at a certain uh, pace. And it's pretty normal because there's a certain level of evolution that's happening and you have to kind of walk with it. But uh, for us, at least at Lexium, we struggled for quite some time to get out of something that does not show on the outside, which is the, the, the lawyer mindset. So uh, I just, just want to remind like the, 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 the people watching and, and uh, that we are lawyers. So the founders are originally lawyers. And it's very hard for you to, to, to really take out like all these habits that you have built and, and move to a, to a founder kind of perspective. Um, even when you're excited, when you're passionate, when you're trying to, uh, to really grow your idea, uh, you always fall back into certain, not bad habits, but habits that are not appropriate to the startup journey, like go, falling into really advising and, and taking the time to, to draft stuff for customers, for example. So we were doing that at first at Lexium. Even though we were trying to push the technology, we were still kind of servicing clients. And that delayed us a lot because we did not know otherwise. And we didn't want to understand the game of like raising funds um, fast or, or, or at a high scale. Although we had the product, we had the credibility, uh, we had kind of, kind of the, the forecasts to, to back it up. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of, that was a, a small hurdle. But other than that, it was super exciting. It is super exciting to be uh, launching your, your project, uh, just beginning to, to kind of impact people. And the beautiful thing about startups is that you have a huge impact on uh, the industry that you're working with. And even though it's not short term, most of the time, the, people do not see your value uh, until a, a later stage, but uh, but it's very interesting to to kind of see how some users are changing their behavior uh, because of or thanks to your product or your idea or your concept. And best a small just a small change in behavior is 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 really rewarding for for founders. And and and, and this is something good that you mentioned this, and because a lot of startups don't understand that, uh, and or a lot of new founders don't understand that. And yeah. especially you guys are in a very new space where, you know, uh, there isn't a lot of legal tech startups uh, globally. Um, and I usually say, uh, like, uh, no offense, Rami, but anything new means a lot of education. And a lot of education means you need a lot of money because you're trying to exactly say what you're trying to do. You're trying to change or force a new habit. And, you know, humans, you know, you know, we don't like change generally like you know if you know if i have one good connection let's say with a lawyer or an accountant i'm always going to go to them because then they say you know they know more and whatever but now you're trying to do that self-help mentality where anybody can log in anybody can get into the dashboard they can inquire they can register you know they, they you can start a company like that whole automation process uh and it, and it would work with a lot younger generation but you know the issue is uh, legal is not something talked about. Um, and usually people, when they associate with lawyers, they, you know, it's it, I'm something criminal or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know, um, you know, some of the, the most creative people I've met in my life were lawyers, you know, especially when it comes to creative accounting. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know what I mean? Legal, everything legal. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, um, that, you know, that whole change uh, mentality and the whole education bit is so expensive, yet it's, somebody has to do it. That's the problem, you know? And I see you very active online and you're talking about startups and you're, you know, it's good because it's more of a collaborative effect, right? If you talk about legal tech and somebody else talk about accounting tech and, you know, my H, sorry, HR tech and, you know, the, that's a whole new world that people need to look into. So um, I, I, I 100% agree. And beginning, super tough. To, to, go, to, go, to, the, to go to that point, actually, education, um, we, uh, during the pandemic, so we focused a lot on content. Like we were stuck with, with, with kind of staying at home and uh, having to reorganize the work and working remotely even more. We started back in February 2020. We started really focusing on content, drafting, uh, writing articles, drafting certain guides, uh, and we started posting them online on, on our Lexium blog. Um, we kind of focused on certain keywords and we realized that this got us a lot of ranking on, 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 on Google, on search engines and Google mainly. And it helped a lot in, in really kind of giving us exposure. So people were kind of reaching out organically and we would ask like, how did you know about us? And they would they would say that we searched on google we searched like startup law firm or etc um so if i were to 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 say something really as you as you said education is super hard super expensive uh we were able to allocate time because we had kind of resources to do that and at the same time we were kind of working remotely so we could afford even even further like increasing the team on content uh, but yeah, if, if we were like to, to really discuss education, I agree with you totally. We, education is super expensive, especially in, a, in an industry that, yeah, is not, is not very, very popular and it's a bit complex to, to kind of go into. Um, I think the next phase is going to be crucial for education on, on the legal tech side. Yeah, and we're going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of educational stuff that would kind of convert into products or, or, or services. And, and, and it's true, and because nobody, as we were talking, nobody really talks a lot about this topic. There hasn't been that much disruption. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's a couple yeah. of teams globally that are doing legal tech and stuff, but disruption, and, but keep in mind, uh, legal, specifically legal, is usually driven by regulation, and regulation is a local. T- so, you know, whatever happens to the U.S., you know, might, might not affect the legal uh, regulatory anything regulatory locally, especially in MENA, you know, I'm talking about the popular, uh, my side of the MENA, you know, or even all of MENA. MENA is around over 20 countries, right? So regular, getting the regulations, getting the laws, getting everything, is that not a single player can, so it's it's a very good space to be in. Um, yeah. There needs, you know, there needs to be more people following uh, the trend of educating new patterns. You know, we don't want to keep falling to the same uh, this is how things are done. You have to go to the court. You have, you know, I mean, like, I totally agree. It's the first time that maybe a startup would be just asking for competitors. Like, please come in, guys. Please come in. You know, uh, you you wanna you wanna talk about that? Actually, when I started my first uh, uh, call center company in Jordan, um, yeah, my hardest thing was to show who is Jordan. And where is Jordan? Because we were trying to, you know, it was an outsourcing call center. So we were trying to take business from globally. 
So we did needed more competitors to come out to actually start selling Jordan. You know what I mean? And then oh. from there, more people started um, uh, making it as the, a destination. You know what I mean? And that's where, you know, we had to lobby a lot of help, government, NGOs, even really tried to help, uh, try to get some competitors to come in and set up in Jordan just to show how rapid this ecosystem can grow. So what do you think our ecosystem lacks right now? Like, So, uh, yeah, number one is going to be investment, of course. Uh, and and I would I would even say, like, specifically, I, I, I would I would think I'm not understanding yet why crowdfunding is not making its way into uh, into equity. Crowdfunding is not making its way into the, the ecosystem there. I mean, I understand the lack of uh, the complexity of regulations. Uh, I've advised a few crowdfunding platforms on that. But, uh, but still, uh, I think that this is um, uh, an underrated uh, section of, or, or, or sector or kind of sub-industry that, that needs to be fulfilled. So number one would be investment, but most importantly, crowdfunding. Uh, people should really be engaged with startups, should be, really be kind of investing in these ideas and not only uh, keep them for, for certain VCs. That's number one. Number two, uh, I think that uh, Arabic is is lacking a lot. I mean, the, the the Arabic language that would that would potentially kind of bring all these ecosystems a bit closer uh, is lacking. We see a lot of founders uh, focusing on on kind of internationalization without uh, actually focusing on the region before. I mean. Today, we are more and more moving towards local and regional because obviously international has become much more competitive and, and startups should really get that. So I think that what we're lacking is the kind of con- uh, vision or, or mindset that we need to focus on our region, try to get our sales or whatever you want to you wanna implement. If you want to implement in the US, just go ahead and go to the US. Uh, um, so... I think that we're lacking that on a second level. And, and on a third layer, what we're lacking uh, mainly is, is education. I mean, uh, we don't, there is no real uh, educational kind of support, even from, uh, look, at, look at all accelerators. Uh, a, I mean, Startup Bootcamp has been doing amazing. Uh, uh, you guys really helped us a lot, a lot, a lot. But if I want to look at, at the whole ecosystem, there is no real uh, education that is happening that is being really strict. If I compare with uh, with international um, accelerators like like YC, for example, you go on their website. There's the startup school. Uh, it's an amazing tool. It's an amazing free tool that you can follow, and and there are like amazing insights. We don't see that in in our ecosystem in our ecosystems a lot. We don't see this level of education that is simplified to a point that would that the barrier to entry for founders into the ecosystem would be lowered. Still, people get lost. So I think education is a third layer that we are missing in, in this area of the world. Uh, and you know what? I do agree with all three of them. Uh, you know, the whole finance, the whole education. The education is super key. And, and with education, you know, there's the layers of both content and uh, the right content available, you know, like credible, like you said, it's yeah. called uh, Y Combinator Startup School, which is an amazing platform. Yeah. 
And I know there's a couple of them out there that, especially in the U.S. and Europe, that have been that built that, um, and and not only have built it but kept updating it. You know what I mean? Kept keeping it relevant. You know because exactly. I can exactly. tell you, you now, um, governments all over the world come up with some kind of manual, but nobody updates it, right? Like, but funny enough, you never mentioned talent. Do you think we have a big issue with talent in this region? I'm going to be very honest. I, I don't. I don't. I think, I think we have a lot of talent. I think we don't have access to, to these talented people. I think that um, they, they are somewhere kind of in between not knowing if they want to pursue uh, a career in, in, in major corporations, international corporations, especially now with, with COVID happening and uh, people searching for some kind of uh, stability post COVID because they're worried about like being fired and stuff. Uh, uh, so they are kind of lost between this and kind of starting their own thing. They're going for also for fast, um, fast revenue in, in crypto trading in, uh, in, dro- in drop shippings, like kind of, uh, stuff that are, that are more, um, simple to do in a way, but no, we, I don't think we lack talent. And, and you know what, like, I'm going to be very controversial when I say this. Um, mm. Yes, there are some certain countries that do well with uh, in MENA that do better maybe in technology and do better. In, and then, you know, some countries do better at sales talent and marketing talent. And, you know, and there we've been labeled. But I don't think we generally have an issue with talent. Now, yeah. let, me, let me tell you my reasoning behind. You know, you know, when an investor comes and tells me uh, talent is the major issue, I know for a fact that this investor never started a company in his life because they, right now, all of MENA have produced, okay, so this is in 2021, mid 2021, May, uh, has produced three unicorns, you know, so far, right? While, you know, UK or US, there's hundreds of unicorns coming out, right? You know, when you- France alone, France alone uh, produced 13, unicorns uh yesterday they announced the 13th one uh the one of the major co-founders is lebanese nice by the way amazing amazing and then we also have to experiment you said something very key which is the local aspect you know bringing somebody and we've tried this in whether the bizzle or other companies that i've i've been with in the journey when you bring a top gun from silicon valley yeah, you will see some growth, but you're not going to see that same explosive growth because rel- culturally not relevant to what's happening on the ground. You know, a good product manager goes to the streets and talks to the people, talks about what they want. And what they want in Silicon Valley or in San Francisco is not what they want in Beirut or Amman or, or Dubai. We, we have to localize and adapt to what's happening. And that's why yeah. I agree with you. I don't see talent as an issue yet. When people say I can't find engineers, I, 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 you know what? Uh, l- let me just tell you, I, I just posted an ad uh, for an engineer. I got 900. Okay, maybe half of them are not, you know, are not proper engineers. But, you know, but- getting that, that is just a lot. It is, it is, it is. And uh, again, to come back to the point that, yeah, I mean, if you look at, at, the, whole, uh, at the whole picture, yes, they are, they are there. They're just not into the ecosystem yet. And that's the problem, that this ecosystem is not being able to attract 
these people because of different reasons, just like you mentioned, the funnel and the education and the barrier to, to entry from, 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 for founders, not only for startups, but for founders into the ecosystem. We were kind of lucky and unlucky in the same way. We're kind of lucky that, um, uh, sorry, we have not attracted like these monster big tech startups to come in here. Maybe Uber came in and just acquired Kareem, but Kareem really did all the legwork. Yeah. Uh, but people look at me and say, oh, it's 400 million people. But people don't look at, you know, it's 22 different countries. You know what I mean? Like with okay. 22 different regulators, with 22 different rules with labor. You know what I mean? Like, you know, government plays a big part in that, you know, for point number thing, I think governments need to get more involved to a level. Uh, again, I say to a level uh, because they need to drive regulation for in order to start up this ecosystem. Honestly, yeah. I, my experience, I've worked with maybe five or six governments in this region where they're trying to stimulate the economy about um, when it comes to the tech because they're trying to create jobs or bring more money or bring more talent or whatever they're trying to do. But again, I think what governments in this region did well uh, or the, con the countries that did really well is they only inf interfered in the regulatory and how to stimulate business, but not actually, and maybe funding projects and, yeah. and programs from people who've done it before and not build it from the ground up. Because once you build That's it from cool. the ground up, this is where problems happen. And Abe, I, I want to add something on the, on the government level. I mean... Uh, I think that governments should also work together because, uh, as you said, like we have 22 countries, uh, different regulators. Uh, the future, as, as we are seeing it now, is for, uh, for data, is for, uh, for internationalization, is for kind of selling, selling on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a global scale. Yes, working on a local basis and Targeting on targeting the customer even even uh, even better, but uh, but for on a governmental level on a country level, uh, working together these country these countries and these governments if they are able to kind of uh, converge their data they could have huge insights. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Okay, so we come to a part of my show where I ask this curveball question: What superhero? would you like to mimic or what if you had the choice to get a superpower what would that be i am I'm, i'm i'm a lot into uh, like japanese uh manga so uh, dragon ball and uh, mm -hmm. uh so so definitely would be picking uh goku from from yeah. from dragon ball that's that because that's a childhood passion and i think that give it because it it shows the character and it's amazing how uh how the like the, the author of, of like dragon ball kind of uh, shaped this 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 character where he would be ever evolving across his life so he would turn into uh, super saiyan 1 super saiyan 2 super saiyan 3 and every time he he would reach um, a point where he would kind of nearly die he would come up even stronger And and I think that I would pick that that character because it it really like concretizes the way the way we live. I mean, especially at, as founders, when we reach near death experience in the in the startup kind of language, we come up stronger and we come up really wiser and more kind of organized and we learn and 
you learn from your own mistakes. You really learn hard from your own mistakes. And so I would pick that character. And if if I wanted to pick a, a superpower, would be uh, definitely being able to travel across across uh, different uh, dimensions. No, I, I and you know what? Just to add to you know the whole Goku thing, I think resilience is has to be a part of every founder. Uh, yeah, and like and consistency, you know, like uh, in That's order true. to maintain your sanity, right? And and Abe, there's something that that people kind of dismiss when we were thinking about founders. Founders do have a life, so they get through complications on a personal level, on a family level, on on several levels in parallel with their startup journey. And so this creates another layer of complications where you have to come back home at night. You cannot stop thinking about work, but still you have to deal with your personal and family matters. Honestly, you know, I mean, like the whole juggle between personal and, and uh, business is something that nobody talks about, you know, yeah. uh, and that's I think there needs to be more support uh, in that in general. So that's something that we totally. definitely uh, well. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, on Thank the you, Abe. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to the show. Would you like to tell my audience anything? And by the way, we didn't send, send a shout out to your co-founder, Nadine. I think she'll kill me if I don't do that. So, <laughs> I think she will kill me, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, hi, Nadine. Um, Nadine, so, Nadine is, uh, is my co-founder. She's just an amazing, amazing person. This is why we should really learn to that, that startups do not, do not grow without a team. They do not work, grow without real co-founders who are supporting each other because when one of them kind of falls, the other one is there to kind of cover on their behalf or kind of just push them upwards. And, and that's the beauty of working with, with a team, with working on scaling. Uh, it's not about the percentages. It's not about arguing. You know, I, I want, let's say, 51%, 55%, 20%, 10% of a startup. The point is... And I always say it like whenever we're, talk, we're having these conversations, uh, the point is if we're going to reach the, the unicorn uh, uh, level, if we're going to reach a billion dollar plus, what, what, what difference would it make if you have like 30% or 20%? Yes, it would make a difference in matters of, uh, of uh, maybe millions of dollars, but the journey would not go there if you, ha- you don't have founders and if you're not sharing all this this, uh, this value that you have created with them. So shout out to Nadine, who has been an ever support and who is just like pushed, pushed Lexium so hard in the past year, so, so hard. Amazing, amazing. And in saying that, I just have to, to remind our guests that we do have a hashtag. It's hashtag real talk, no nonsense. And again, Rami, thank you very Love much. Love the hashtag. Uh, and thank you, thank you. And uh, stay tuned to the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers.